KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. The San Diego Padres game last night against the Seattle Mariners was postponed after the Mariners voted unanimously not to play. The move is in protest of the police shooting of Jacob Blake, a black man in Wisconsin. The decision to cancel the game followed NBA teams' boycott of all three playoff games scheduled for Wednesday and the postponement of the Milwaukee Brewers-Cincinnati Reds game. The Mariners' D. Gordon tweeted this statement Wednesday afternoon, quote, There are serious issues in this country. For me and for many of my teammates, the injustices, violence, death, and systemic racism is deeply personal. This is impacting not only my community, but very directly my family and friends. Our team voted unanimously not to play tonight. An act of arson may have sparked that big fire aboard the ship docked at the naval base San Diego last month. A U.S. Navy sailor is being questioned as a potential suspect. A senior defense official confirmed to KPBS on Wednesday evening that an investigation was taking place. The fire caused extensive damage on the warship and injured several emergency personnel. The fire raged for four days straight and smelly smoke-filled neighborhoods throughout San Diego County. So as San Diego County inches closer toward allowing schools and possibly other businesses to reopen, county officials announced that they would expand free testing for school staff throughout the region. County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher said yesterday that testing for school staff like teachers and others will be made available for free at all of the county's 20 testing sites. Fletcher also said that by the end of September, more testing sites will be open to increase testing accessibility. Lower COVID infection numbers, of course, mean that schools can open in the county as soon as September 1st, although San Diego Unified and other districts won't reopen to in-person learning until the numbers come down even more, especially reducing that large number of community outbreaks that we're still seeing here. From KPBS, I'm Kinsey Moreland, filling in for Annika Colbert. I'm so glad to be back, even if just briefly. You, of course, are listening to San Diego News Matters, a podcast powered by our news team. It is Thursday, August 27th. Now stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. San Diego County is refusing to provide more detailed information about where COVID-19 outbreaks are occurring. So now KBBS is joining Voice of San Diego in a public records lawsuit in the hopes of getting that information. Investigative reporter Claire Tregesser says this comes after repeatedly asking the county for records. During news conferences, when county health officials talk about COVID-19 outbreaks, here's what they say. Eight outbreaks in businesses, two in restaurants only, and five in restaurants slash bars. KPBS and other journalists have repeatedly asked for more information, and the county has repeatedly denied those requests. 
So we are joining Voice of San Diego in a public records lawsuit. We keep seeing restaurant bars, restaurant bars, restaurant bars in the description of these outbreaks. Well, are those restaurant bars operating outside? Are, are, we, are we getting information through this that operating outside isn't working? Or is something else happening? Is it the kitchen staff? Scott Lewis is the editor and CEO of Voice of San Diego. That's a fundamental question to our our activities as humans right now. Like that, you know, if, if people found out that, oh, in fact, it spreads really well in outdoor patios of, of restaurants, well, that's going to really influence my decision about whether to go to an outdoor restaurant. Lewis says without the more detailed information, residents can't make informed decisions about the relative risk of engaging in activities like eating out. He adds that it is also an equity issue. If some neighborhoods are being hit harder by outbreaks than others, the public needs to know. Suzanne Marmion is KPBS's Director of News and Editorial Strategy. If we have an outbreak that happens more than once in a particular location, the public depends on journalists to find out and report that out so that uh, it, it gives an opportunity maybe for enforcement. It gives an opportunity to solve what may be a specific problem. Instead of commenting, a San Diego County spokeswoman referred KPBS to an op-ed saying outbreak locations should not be public because it could make businesses fearful of reporting cases to health officials. However, this is not how the county has acted in the past. During the 2017 hepatitis A outbreak, they did reveal locations where people might have been exposed. Scientists around the world are working on cheap and fast at-home do-it-yourself COVID tests with the promise of catching and preventing more cases. But as KBBS science and technology reporter Shalina Chatlani explains, there are still some barriers to getting these tests up and running. Currently, when people are tested for COVID, they get the swab in the nose tests and often have to wait days for results. And Scripps Research Head Eric Topol says these tests only tell people if they've been infected, not whether they are currently infectious and able to spread the disease. So daily at-home tests, he says, which use samples like saliva, could tell people immediately if they need to stay home and quarantine. But he says the companies producing these tests need more funding and FDA regulations still prohibit such tests from being widely distributed. The government hasn't done anything to get behind these tests to fund them, to make production. You can't have a startup company that can't get FDA approval and then has to make hundreds of millions of tests. Tobel says these tests could cost around $1 each, though he says the government should make them free. The FDA declined to say how many applications they've received and confirmed that no at-home tests have been approved. San Diego County supervisors on Tuesday passed a $6.5 billion budget. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says the COVID-19 pandemic made the budget the largest in history. For years, progressives have criticized the county for sitting on billions of dollars in reserves while problems like homelessness and mental illness fester. The pandemic did what they couldn't. The county dipped into its reserves and Federal CARES Act funding to pay for new or expanded services, including $24 million in rental assistance. Supervisor Greg Cox said he was pleased with a new staff position that will monitor water quality in his South Bay district, which is plagued by cross-border sewage spills. Yeah, and I'm really 
really glad to see that this is going to be an opportunity to have a daily testing to ensure good water quality for people to use the, the beaches down in South County. A big driver of the overall budget increase was a $100 million boost in spending on testing, tracing, and treatment for COVID-19. The families of the three women killed in a beach bluff collapse last summer in Encinitas are now suing the city and state. The women died when tons of rock buried them on the narrow beach. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has more. Three women were killed on an Encinitas beach last summer when a 30-foot-wide rock slab slid off a coastal bluff and buried them. The wounds created that day are still raw for Curtis Clave, who lost his wife Annie in the incident. It feels like yesterday, honestly, I was forcing myself to write Annie's eulogy, and I just could not commit. Clave is angry that so little has changed in the past year. He regularly sees families camped near the dangerous bluffs on that beach, and he wants that to change. He supports state legislation that allows communities to do more to manage erosion along coastal bluffs, including controversial seawalls. Clave is also part of a lawsuit against the city and state that alleges the governments knew about the risk but did nothing. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. Encinitas city officials did not return calls seeking comment. And coming up on San Diego News Matters, if you've still got COVID questions, we've got some answers. A COVID Q&A between our health reporter and KPBS readers, listeners, and viewers is coming up after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. All right, so we are nearly six months into this pandemic. But there are still so many questions about the novel coronavirus, including from our own KPBS audience. Our health reporter, Taryn Mento, gathered questions from readers, listeners, and viewers, and put them to local infectious disease specialist, Dr. Christian Ramers. Jumping right into it, this comes from Monica Stapleton. She lives in Solana Beach. She's got three children, and she's wondering what your opinion is about the vaccines for COVID. How likely are you to get a vaccine or to give one to your children? As an infectious disease doctor who has literally seen people die of vaccine-preventable diseases and have followed the public health benefit of these interventions, I am very pro-vaccine. Just, I'm just going to get that out there as a disclaimer. I took my family to Africa to work for several months and got everybody as vaccinated as possible, <laughs> including my two-year-old son at the time. You know, we have a process in this country uh, that's been very well worked out with phase one, phase two, and phase three studies. 
uh, where safety and efficacy are evaluated very rigorously and in a, in a double-blinded placebo-controlled way. And that process is not deviated. It may be going slightly faster than usual, and people may, may be concerned, especially because the name of the whole program is Operation Warp Speed. But the process is the same in and of itself. In terms of whether I'm going to get a vaccine myself, I would really like to. At this point, these are available only in research trials. And the research trials tend to be focused on those that are highest risk. So it's actually easier to enroll in a vaccine trial right now if you're over age 65 or if you have an underlying condition. Um, and in, in my own case, I'm not really a prime research candidate at this point, but I'm certainly gonna sign up. Um, in terms of getting my kids vaccinated, uh, like I said, I, I'm very pro-vaccine because looking at the numbers, I think a vaccine is really the best way for us to get out of this mess. On Twitter, Chris asked, why would the CDC change guidance to suggest that you don't need to be tested if you're exposed? And the new recommendation is that people that are asymptomatic, and it's kind of soft language, it says might not necessarily need a test. Now, a lot of my scientific colleagues and infectious disease colleagues have really pushed back very hard on this. And I have to say this change doesn't quite make sense to me. And I'll tell you why. Uh, we, we may find out later as investigative reporting happens why this change was made. I can't really imagine why it was made at this current moment because even the CDC's own guidelines acknowledge that about 40 to 50% of transmission occurs in the asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic period. Um, so it doesn't make sense to me to just sort of close your eyes and, and not want to test those people uh, because a lot of transmission happens at that moment. When I say asymptomatic, that means somebody who doesn't have any symptoms at all. Presymptomatic is sort of the two days before someone develops symptoms that we know people are highly, highly infectious. And if you don't test those people and isolate them, you're, you're sort of tying one hand behind your back. It doesn't really make much sense to me at all. Let's move to the topic of schools. I spoke with Chris Lee. He's a teacher in Canada prepping his classroom for in-classroom, in-person learning. And he has a question about how to make his classroom as safe as possible. In the classroom that we have, and there's very poor ventilation. We only have a couple windows back here that open just a pittance. And we're hearing about how ventilation is really important. Would putting a couple window fans into the windows to circulate air in and out, would that help mitigate the uh, contraction of the virus or would that just spread it around the room even more? That's a really good question. That's another one where we don't know the final answer. Um, I think the situations that that we know work are not fans, which just really blow air around. They're more air filtration systems that have HEPA filters and UV light systems with them, which literally exchange the air that's in the room and kind of take any particles out of the room. Uh, the, the listener is correct that just a fan by itself without any other interventions, if you just have um, a closed room with a fan, that's not really helping. And, and it is actually blowing around aerosols. So that may even be more dangerous. I think we know from the experience of outdoors versus indoors, uh, of the way hospitals are designed in Africa, for example, to prevent TB, that wide open spaces with wide open windows, if you live in an environment where that's possible, that is probably safer. And that was KPBS health reporter Taryn Mento speaking with Dr. Ramers of the Family Health Centers of San Diego. And that is all for today's San Diego News Matters. Check out kpbs.org for the latest breaking news and watch or listen to the Republican National Convention live on KPBS Radio or KPBS TV. Annika Colbert will be back tomorrow. Thanks, as always, for listening. 
KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com.